Welcome to Life With Your Dog podcast. Our focus is educating dog owners, enthusiasts and dog trainers about ideas on how to train, manage, live and thrive with our dogs. To teach dogs to live in our society while our dogs teach us how to live in the now. I'm your host Panos Anagnostou. And I'm your co-host Luke Badman. Thank you for joining us and we hope you enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of Life With Your Dog. Joined over Zoom with me and my brother Luke. How you doing, my bro? Some more of the lockdown sessions. So it's a Wednesday night, 8 p.m. and uh, we can't see each other. So we're slotting it in slotting after it in. dinner. It's all right. It's good. I'm feeling good. And, um, you know, it's been a, quite a steady day. So, um, but there's obviously something that we need to talk about. Yeah, the <laughs> elephant in the room. We had a bit of an incident this week, didn't we? We did, we did. So on Monday evening, and this is like an episode outing myself out, letting you know that I make mistakes and and do things that make me only human. Um, I want to put this out for everybody because it's important for learning from my experience. So that way there you don't have to repeat my mistakes. Um, and look, shit happens, right? But um on Monday night, about eight o'clock, eight thirty, I was walking the dogs, and I live five houses from the beach, just across the road. Um, and we went for a, just our normal evening walk. Except during that day, there was two reasons why Nookie's collar was not on her because I have I had washed her that morning, and she'd been in the yard all day. And also, I've been doing a little bit of um, scent detection training with her, and using this um, using this glass jar, and when it collar hits it, she gets a little bit um, unsure of it. So I just thought it's easier just to have it off while I do it. And I literally did a training session before we went for a walk. And I only noticed when I was like two houses out of my house, I'm like, oh, shit, her collar's not on. I'm like, nah, look, you know, there's literally since no one's out driving, Grand Parade's like a bloody car park, nothing's happening. So I we just crossed the road and, I just, and we went for a bit of a mosey. And the moon was in a position where nothing was really, really lit up. So I'm walking and normally they say right next to me or like close-ish to me, right? And as I'd walk one side of the beach, I turned around, walked down the other, and I checked in on them, and they were both with me, following me. And then probably about five minutes later, I'm looking around, I'm like, oh, God damn it, Nookie, like, where is she? So I'm calling out, calling out. And this has happened before, where I called out, she was out sniffing somewhere, she kind of tripped out. I literally just stood there for about one or two minutes. I called a couple more times. She came running, she came up. Does she have a bit of a tendency to wander in general when you got it, like, if you're walking off leash, does she have a bit of a, does she just sort of go on her own little meander? It's know? a good question. She doesn't like run away or like, it's not like, oh my God, she got off the lead and she started bolting for birds or something. She, it's because I'm walking and she is just doing her own thing and she may be sniffing something. And then as I continue walking, if I'm not paying much attention, she may then, um, so in this case, we will talk about this. So I found out obviously the full story when, um, when the lady who found her contacted me, but this is what actually happened. And we'll go into the situation is that I'm like, what the hell, where is she? So I turned around to go look for her. And it happened to be that she was a little bit ahead of me. And when I started walking back, calling her out, the lady said, her name was Jennifer. She said that the doll, like Nookie had been running around frantic looking for me. So we're both gone opposite side of the beach looking for each other. And of course, because she had no collar on, Jennifer grabs her, goes, well, whose dog is this? And in this moment, while I'm going back down, I'm like, oh my God, maybe she got lost. And since I live pretty close, she may just do the route back home. But then, you know, busy grand parade. I don't want to hitting hit by a car. So I go to call Tanya, my wife, and I had like 1% battery. So my phone dies. So I'm like, damn, I don't even know 
if you try to get home. So then I made the decision, maybe I should run back home, swap phones, come back, which I did. And in that time, I happened to be in real time, Jennifer's looking around, who owns this dog? Who owns this dog? And I'm not there. So then there was a bit of a, that was maybe number two mistake, no collar and tag on. Cause if she had it, she would have called me all good. That's if my, but I guess Tanya's numbers on there as well. So maybe I have two different numbers. Cause in that moment, she would have probably called me and my phone would have been off anyway, call Tanya all good. So, um, so I left to come back and then that was it for like hours. My mate came down, he was on his scooter on his electric scooter. I'm buzzing around. I, I was running. I can't believe how much I, how many steps I did. I went on the rollerblades up and down the street. So it was a big situation. 11 o'clock or 1130, I passed out, woke up first thing in the morning, went to go look for her again. And that's when I started then getting um, all the posts up through all the community Facebook groups. And, and we did that actually before we went to bed. And then obviously some of the neighbors had been contacting because they saw it. So then it started getting shared and we put on Nutris Pooch's page and we got shared like, you know, 150 times or something crazy. Yeah. So it went all out there. And obviously in that time I had been calling the ranger that night and he said, no, one has called. And then not, it was like nighttime. So I waited for the morning, went to the shelter, called the vets and no one had heard anything. So um, that was when it was around about, you know, 11, 30, 12. I'm like, all right, office works and just print out a whole bunch of flyers. And I was about to go out and put them all around the place. And that's when I got a message from a lady called Jennifer. She says, hey, I've got Nookie. And I double checked that if it's your dog, because, you know, she's super cute. And I'm like, oh, my God, I really appreciate it. So I went and picked her up and that so was the situation. Lucky, Far out. Crazy, right? So four things are going through my head at this time, like the next day. And obviously, it was a, it was a very upset, upsetting day, right? Is that number one, she... And I know she's like super friendly and she's like super small and cute. So when she, um, when she sees anyone, she'll totally run up to him. So people mm. got her and did what Jennifer did, took her home and then try to get her back. All people would have stolen her. And I was You're thinking, lucky oh my that, God. You, that it was a nice person who did the right thing, you know? Exactly. Because she's super cute. And now look, it's obviously it's a potential that someone could keep her, but you know, whatever. Number two was that she, I mean, number three was that she ran out on the street and got hit by a car or something or got injured. And then there's lots of foxes in my area. And there's like, fox, there was like, you know, last year a fox followed us home from the park. It was ridiculous. I'm walking down the street and this thing's following me like five meters away from us. So Nookie being super small, like, you know, just around five kilos, she could look like prey to some predatory animals. Who knows? I was not sold on that idea. It's that funny the how the thoughts can race like that, isn't it? When you, you know, when you're in a panicked, bit of a panicked moment like that. You think of every single possibility. Your brain right? can tend towards catastrophizing. Yeah. And exactly. it's like, it could happen. I it's mean, a possibility. It's not impossible, right? The same I'll way that a dog something. trainer losing his dog off leash at late at night is not impossible. Like, <laughs> of course. you know what I mean? Exactly, right? And obviously, we'll talk about like how that made me feel and everything. But, you know, two years ago, I was up at the park and I'm not even joking. I saw a bottom half of a dog. I'm saying like, I could see its intestines. I could see its hip and two legs. It was like a puppy, a young border collar looking dog or something. Yes. And I'm like, what? Actually, no, sorry, sorry. The first day, so the day before that, I saw just the leg, the shoulder and his front, like left poor, um, left leg. It was only small. I'm like, what am I looking at here? Like I'm looking around going, this has to be a joke, right? Like someone's pranking me. I'm looking around like, how am I seeing a dog leg in the park? This makes no sense. The next day I find the rest of the body. So obviously, well, it's not obvious. I would have thought two things. A psychopathic human had done something to a dog or there was a dead dog in the park or someone buried their dog and the foxes pulled it out and like ate it 
intestines or something. It's insides. Um, or the foxes snatch the puppy. So anyway, I don't think foxes. Point being, are that like pretty bad free. stuff can happen, right? It's out in nature, and there's no exactly. there's no rules in nature, right? So yeah, and the beach is like quite deep, and you know. Anyway, so these were these were the things that happened through my head, and um, so I've got notes of what we need to talk about. So number one is, of course, always, and I say this to everyone. You know how, and I have to just put it out there. I love everyone who has helped and was supporting. And they're trying to give the advice. It's like, you know, you should always have a collar and tag on. It's like, yeah, I know that. Like, I tell everyone to do that. So, like, I know that. I tell everyone to do that, but I didn't do it. (laughs) In this one, and I'm not even joking when I say, like, this was the only time. Like, I couldn't even, I can't even tell you when. She has Murphy's Law, eh? The one time you didn't do it, and this happened, unfortunately. Mm. You know, because there's times where I wing it, like, with spades, like, he hasn't got a collar on, and spades will be less likely to. To wander, I think just his his, nat, his tendency to like always make sure he's like close, like where Nookie's a little bit spacey and she wants to do her own thing, right? So um, always have your collar and tag on. You can even get collars that you can like print on dog's name and tag, so you don't have to have like a tag diggling on them. So however you like. Um, now people are going to say, "Hey man, you should have had your dog on a lead anyway." It's probably weren't allowed to have the dog off the lead. So yeah, I should have my dogs on the lead. Yeah, so. we're past that conversation. So it's like what sure. to do. Um, I guess if and when your off-leash dog, first of all, disappears or like steps to take to mitigate that risk beforehand. So like, again, like having, even if she's off-leash, if she's got a collar on and something happens, like, you know, that's step one, right? Totally. Yeah. And and if it was the case, as I said, she would have called and she would have even called an hour later, two hours later. It doesn't matter. You, you get the phone call. So, um, and not knowing where she is, like, yeah, it's like, it's a daunting feeling. And then, you know, it's just, it's just really, really messed up. And um, so then num- number two here I've got here is have awareness. What's happening around you when you're walking, just scan on your dogs. And, you know, now I have to say I was walking and it's very rare that I actually listen to podcasts. Sometimes I do, but I was, um, I need to catch up on podcasts since I haven't been driving around. And I wanted to listen to more Canine Paradigm and listen to Birdie's episode. Awesome episode. It was cool. Much needed to hear. So I had a very low in one ear. But because I was so into the situation, I'm just walking and listening. And then I'm like, oh, just getting too cocky, looking around going, where is Nookie now? So have awareness. Um, Maybe take the time, as you say, always is, well, if you're going to be walking in nature, why are we listening to techno? Um, Listen to nature. Listen to the waves. Listen to your thoughts. And I'm all about that. But um. The awareness is really important. Hindsight's twenty twenty, right? It's like it's easy to look at, look back on this situation and go, "Oh, I should have done this. I should have done that." Mm-hmm. Um, point is, she came home safe, so that's all good. Yeah. Um, it's just like, what can we learn from this lesson? Well, look, in um, the moment, I'm like thinking, in the future. "Yeah, such an idiot." Like, I'm like, I'm such an idiot. The whole day, the whole eight and hours, I'm like, I fully let her down. I let myself down. Let my family down. I let people that watch us. That's how I feel. That's how, and I, and it's the truth, right? People are going to try to comfort me, say, "Hey, man, you made a mistake." I did, but also, it was something that totally didn't even have to happen. So, that's just how I feel, anyway. So, another bit of advice, and and I think this is really true, but always not always the case is try to stay in the same place where you saw her last. Don't try not to go looking too far, because unless you have a whole bunch of people helping you, that helps. And of course, if it's during the day, it's a lot easier, but. I find that staying in the same spot and calling out, calling out, generally they come back to that spot because what I made them, and I always say that, but of course, walking to go and backtracking, most of the time I walk back five, six, seven steps. Hey, come back here. And she comes and we continue walking. So um, 
staying in the same spot, same spot is probably the best, but I, but my thought was because if I continued walking and then she stopped to sniff, I thought maybe she would go back anyway. So I was just thinking about that, but staying in the same spot, I think is a good spot. Good thing. Never get too cocky, you know, and especially so in our positions, like, you know, things, so you take risks, whatever, but, um, but getting too cocky, just like with anything, the ego takes over and you think, oh, well, I'm above this. They should know it, blah, blah, blah. But I think that's, I think a lot of successful people's downfall is that you just get too complacent. I'll give you, you know? an example from from my training or whatever the other day with Shadow. Um, so I think I mentioned last time. So now every morning we go down to the cafe uh, near the park and we play for a little bit. We do a bit of training, whatever. And um, so we usually get like a smoothie or a coffee or something takeaway. And so Rach, we got the smoothies this time after we'd finished in the park. So Rach stayed in the park with Shadow and I went up to the cafe, walked up to the cafe to get the drinks. And then I was coming back to like to cross the road back to Rach in the park. And she had still been playing with him, like with the chocolate or whatever. And Shadow turned and spotted me. And just like ran straight across the road to me. Mm, yes. Right. And then like, to be fair, like he'd never seen that picture before. And yes. so he probably just assumed like he should run back to me as the handler. Cause nine times out of 10, I'm the one You're doing, doing the obedience training. Right. It could have been really dangerous. Yeah. It was dangerous. Like he ran mm, across the road. And yeah. even when I told him to stop and Rachel told him to stop and he didn't, he was confused. And he thought that the picture should be that he should come to me. Mm-hmm. In that exactly. moment, that was the decision he made. For sure. And so, uh, and I was like, well, obviously I haven't taught this. I haven't shown him this picture before. That's on mm-hmm. me as a trainer. Yeah. Perfect. Exactly. And then, and you have to look at it that way to look back and go, okay, that's what happened. And that's the picture that he saw. How do I create a new picture or a new association to that? And I love that. That's awesome. We have to be our own critics, right? And hold ourselves accountable and shit. So that's hectic, man. Well, obviously, Happily. Just so it was serendipitous because because we are in lockdown, the roads were super quiet. There's yeah. no one around. That's you true. know, normally that time of morning, that part of Kyle Bay is quite busy. There's a lot of trucks, yeah. cars and whatnot. Yeah, I know you're talking about now. Slipping around. Mm. And it was just luck. Yeah. Exactly. Same way that, you know, it was probably very lucky that this nice lady found Nookie. Mm. And so yeah, exactly. I was like, cool. No point getting upset about it now. Like Rach was a bit shaken. I was like, it's fine. It's done now. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Like I can't rouse on him. It doesn't matter. Do you know what I mean? We're finished. And it's exactly. not his fault anyway. Yeah. yeah I didn't try. I never trained him to do this yeah. one way or the other. Look, when I, like, and I started, again, this is not what I would recommend, but I was, you know, 19 when I was like, I was 20. I was, you know, not really, I was a little bit less, understanding of what the rules were and like, not that I really cared anyway. Um, and spades learn how to walk off the lead. Usually the lead was attached to him, but it was always off. It was like 13, 14, 15 weeks old. He was just following me and Ace around the block. Yeah. And the way that he learned, like in, we all know now that he's quite a road safe dog. He knows where he's at. He's pretty chill. Of course he's old, but even when it was like five years ago, he was like relatively the same and he learned and dogs learn how to be off the lead, whatever. Being on the lead is the most unnatural thing. So yeah. when you say off the lead is, is like my the clients are always like, my new puppy hates the harness and the leash. I'm like, of course he does. Yeah. What the hell you is know? it? This thing wrapped it's around. It's the most unnatural thing for a dog. Yeah. And we've exactly. just decided as humans that like, no, you got to wear this, which is fine because we are the yes. owners. However, that doesn't mean that the dog should love it straight away. No. And, but then also like, let's think about before a leash was invented. 
or even used, and that could even have been 50 years ago, 70 years ago, where like, what do you mean, mate? Like my dog just, there's no fences. He just like sleeps exactly. on the front porch and he mm. walks around with the other dogs. So like that was like culture back then and dogs learn how to be in that environment because that's just what they got used to. And yeah, he runs on the road and it's like, oh, get the back off. It's like, ah! The dog runs back off the road and he learns through experience that, no, nah, they don't like that. We can teach a lot more sophisticated and more proper, which we do, but um, but dogs are learning just every day as well. So those things unfortunately have to happen. Sometimes you should set it up though. And that's what we do. Like you back tie the long lead, you walk onto the road and then that way they, it can be controlled and stuff. But in everyday life, especially when we start not taking the risks, but taking the risks because every single time the dog's off the lead, regardless, anywhere, even in a dog park, the dog has to run away from you or something bad can happen to it. So the risk is there. And then we have to mitigate all of those risks. And of course, um, when I go back to the, the beach, exactly what I'm going to do next time, because I haven't gone for the walk on there yet, because we've gone a different route the last day or two, is she'll be back on long lead and she'll always stay within that 10 minutes. And for the next however long it has to be, maybe a month, two months, strictly on that long lead. And that way there she will learn to stay within that, that range of me and I'll have to work on a few things. And just like we, what you would have to do is go, cool, I'm going to go back to the same spot. Rachel have Shadow on a long lead. I cross the road. She calls him to come. He gets rewarded with the ball. And then that's how he will learn that new picture. Mm. Would, would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it was like when I was first teaching Shadow the fetch, like there was a certain point where he would just not bring it back or he would like, do you know what I mean? And so we put mm. him on the long leash and I just reel him in. Now I show him like, Fetch means you bring it back and you drop yeah, it. Perfect. You know what I mean? Exactly. Um, love it. Good lessons. Um, so this, well, we'll kind of touch about it before. And I was talking to Tanya about this is when I said, have a strong network and community. Now I'm not saying you have to have the same network and community as like what Nutris Pooches has. And it has obviously 150 shares. Like you can get heaps more shares of having no audience or no following. But when I say have a strong network and community, I'm talking about know your neighbors, know like stay in touch with the people that you resonate with in the area and make the effort in just everyday life, not because of your dog. And when you lose your dog, even though it certainly helps, because when I woke up, it was like six thirty seven in the morning to go look for Nookie again. I got a phone from a neighbor across the road and Simone's like, Hey, um, I heard about Nookie. Do you need a hand? And getting a couple of those messages makes you feel good. It yeah. boosts you up a little bit. And when you're, and when you're in a feeling a bit shit, you know, and to know that, actually, can you help me like, and, and they were willing and they were about to help me put some flyers up later that day. So the help um, always, and especially like, you know, if Leonardo is having his rest in the middle of the day, like me and Tanya can't just go leave the house and put flyers up. Like someone has to be here. So yeah. um, that, that's for me why it was important. Um, and of course my mate coming down and helping me, John, thank you, brother. I love you. Um, all right. So I was actually honestly feeling surprised with myself and I did give myself a little bit of positive reinforcement that while it was happening that first hour and a half, two hours, I was on the go looking, but I wasn't panicking and I wasn't flustered. I was quite clear. I was calm. I wasn't happy with the situation, but I'm happy how I dealt with it um, because the feelings that were there could have made could make you just get a little bit too rattled and ah, lose your shit, start screaming really loud and walking around, which wouldn't have helped anyway, right? Um, what we did, I felt was really good. So try everything in life to find moments to be calm, however it is that you find that through meditation, breathing, exercise, cold showers, whatever. But, um, but I really believe that's really good. 
I have my local ranger's number in my phone, the St. George Animal Control. Um, and actually looking it up on Google, like it's very hard to find their, their contact details, but I have it. They're the guys that get contacted by the councils for them to pick up the dog or whatever. So I've found so many bloody dogs and rescued them, taken them to their home or taken them to the shelter or waited for the ranger to come. Like I can't even tell you, 200 dogs. Um, and I was thinking while this was happening, I'm like, please let the karma come back to us that, well, we've returned so many dogs back to their home. Can Nookie come back to us, <laughs> right? But um, but those rangers are really important to have. Like I called him a couple of times that night and he's like, nah, mate, like, bah, leave me alone. I'm like, sorry. Um, so, um, and then 24 hour vets because it was it after hours. So um, if you do call the police, and that's another one, call, call the police station, they would, if they get called and found a dog, they take them straight to the closest 24 hour vet. And um, of course your shelters, but if they're closed at night, then wait. Um, straight away, I was so surprised how Facebook works, um, the Facebook community groups and how well it worked. And that was how, well, I didn't finish the story. Well, that's so, how uh, she found her, right? That's how exactly. she found you, yeah. Yeah, so because she said she's new to Australia, she, and I'm not sure where she's from, she um, she said, look, I wasn't sure what to do. And I told her what I would have done and I gave her some advice, but what she did was perfect anyway, and I praise her for it. And I gave her a gift as well. But um, she said, um, I wasn't sure. So I went on to Brighton Community and I saw that there was posted a few times. And then I, and then she, she was that if she put it up, everyone was going to say, yeah, it's my dog. So she wanted to make sure. So then she traced it back to our page and so that she was in all the photos. And then that's when she messaged me. So because she wasn't sure what to do, she hit up Facebook and that's how she found it. So awesome. It's sure. funny, right? Because if she's relatively new to, like you said, she's, you know, potentially new to the country and I guess the area, maybe she is paying a little bit more attention to that community page than she might've otherwise done. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Just to feel connected to her new community. And so For that sure. was another, yet another point of luck, I guess, in this whole story. Exactly. And it was another luck is that, well, we're close, you know, we're in lockdown. So we've got 5k um, at the time it was 5k radius. And now they've changed it to only in your own LGA. So that, I guess that kind of helps because, if people follow the rules, people only five Ks away would have found her. So, mm -hmm. like, even and we're thinking worst case scenario, someone keeps her. It's like we're bound to see her. Like, I got we're going to send yeah, an exactly. army out to find Nookie, and someone's going to um, be vigilante and steal her from you. So, um, anyway, so um, all your Facebook community groups and I, I've, and so much support from the people that uh, that you know admin it. They contact you directly. Hey, try this, do this. Like, really helpful. So. Much love to you, people. Um, as much as we shit on Facebook a lot of the time, I don't mean us specifically, but just people in general, like yeah, like social media thing. Yeah, yeah exactly. you know what I mean. But like, it definitely has its place. It's a and in a tool. situation like this. It's very can be very useful. Of course, it's a tool. You know, people have to just remember that social media is a tool. Use it as a tool. Doesn't mean that you carry a hammer everywhere you go exactly. just because you have a hammer. It's like I'm so so attached to this tool because it helped me yesterday. It's like all right, use it when you need it. And I think that's the same thing with social media. But yeah, it's awesome. Um, and get as many people to share the post. I just tell your friends, please keep sharing, sharing, sharing. Cause the more that you comment on these things, the more they go up in the groups and yep. that's what I learned as the well. algorithm. Yeah. Um, flies around the neighborhood. That's like, you know, the thing that everyone does, but make sure you do it. Um, should I tell you the secret? Should I, should I put, put it out to the world? Go on. So, um, we just put, she needs her medication cause she has epilepsy. Um, I think that's awesome for two reasons make you feel bad that she needs medication. You don't have medication. Who wants to keep a dog that has epilepsy? Like mm. you'd probably want to return it, I'm assuming. So um, so I think that's a 
probably a good thing to put up there. I thought about the reward. I'm like, how tacky. I thought like give you money to, mm. to get my dog back. Um, I get why, but I think in this day and age, I think it's less of a, you yeah, have to, I don't, you know, what do you reckon about that? I don't know, man. I think people, it's strange. I, I, I try and assume the best of people wherever yeah, possible. I was a bit wigged so. out to put reward. I'm like, I don't like, what do I have to give you? I'm like, if I know you have her. You don't need like, to write it. Like you don't need to make it explicit. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Because like, a lot of the posters um, on Google, they're like, everything had a reward. I'm like, I don't know. Like, I don't think we live in that sort of culture where I have to. Um, yeah. You know, it's maybe. like, I mean, if you find my dog, I'm probably going to buy you a bottle of wine or scotch or something. Do you know exactly. what I mean? Like, <laughs> exactly. It's kind, um, of, uh, it's kind of a given. I don't need to put it on the actual Facebook post. Totally. Um, Flies around the neighborhood. Update the microchip details to missing. So that's another very important thing because um, if she does get scanned, Let's just say someone keeps her, they scan it, and then it's going to come up. Gets flagged. Yeah. So, um, and another thing I was speaking to Lisa from the local shelter that, um, that I help at, and she says that um, it's, because I said, like, is it general practice? I haven't, like, really paid attention, and I'm pretty sure I haven't seen it, is that when they go into the vet, they should always get scanned for their microchip every single visit. Like, I could take a stolen dog in and get the, something, like, you know, a, a checkup or whatever, and they never check the, the, the microchip. So, Mm. I think that's um, probably some good practice. But again, how many dogs are getting stolen? I don't know. Maybe heaps, maybe different areas, maybe more. I don't know. Maybe not so much at the moment with lockdown and everything, but I think it's definitely, it's, it's a thing. It's a thing. Steal dogs all the time. Look, and people probably are stealing the more exotic looking dogs, right? Mm. So um, keep looking in case she got stuck somewhere. She got scared, injured, or some other terrible outcome. So that was something that I thought, like, look, most likely someone got her. But what if she's like, she's shitting herself. She's like hiding in the bushes somewhere. She doesn't know what to do. She's been there all night. Mm. Um, or she got hurt or something. I don't know. It was nighttime. So I kept looking. I went to all the shrubs. Yeah. Um, it's like out of all the options that you had thought up, I guess you don't really want to think of which one's the worst because a lot of them are, do you know what I mean? She's feeling lone and lonely and scared mm. or something somewhere, unsure of how to get home or someone pinches her. Like yeah, a lot of them aren't the best outcomes, but no. you were lucky in this case. Look, man, I had really good hopes and, you know, um, but how could I stay just home? Like I lost her just on the end of my street. I'm not going to go walking around looking for her, get on the push bike and look up the streets. Maybe she try to come home and, you know, of course. So keep looking if, um, and I think that's important. And then as you keep looking, like even the next day, people are like, hey, did you find your dog? Or like yesterday I was walking um, and people like, did you find your dog? I'm like, yeah, I did. Like, oh, that's awesome. So, um, you know, if you're looking for your dog being out there, I think, if she hadn't dogs. been picked up, I can't imagine that she would have gone far. I think I didn't think so. This either, would have never really turned into much. Do you know, what dogs I mean? it just do so like happened weird... that she picked her up. That's true. But dogs are weird things when they're scared. They like just start running. And it's like, where are you going? It's like, look, Nookie's not like that. Some dogs that are like, you know, in a, another temperament, especially when they're not close to you. It's like, for example, I worked at the shelter, and people say, or even at the boarding kennels. And they'll say, oh, my dog's this, my dog's that, my dog's that. I'm like, okay, cool. And I take it very lightly. Of course, I take it on, but I take it lightly because I'll just make the assessment when I take a dog because your dog's going to be a complete different animal when he's in this environment. And you see weird, like when I say weird, behaviors that aren't typical of that dog you see in these stressful environments. And same thing, like, you know, you think your dog does one thing when you're around, but then when you're not around the same context or a different context that, that their behavior changes. So Maybe like, I don't know, the last time Nookie was on her own, for let's just say she was on her own for an hour. Who knows if she tried going 
one direction and then she went up a random street and then she's like, I don't know where I am. But again, she's not a bloody big, strong, scary dog running around. Someone has a tackler. <laughs> she'll come and yeah. jump on your lap. And anyway, well, you know what Jennifer said? She's awesome. She says, oh, having her um, now made me fall in love with dogs and I can't wait to get a dog. So I told her, hey, he's my card and I'm going to give you complimentary training. You just let me know when you get a dog and I'll help you out. Um, but I thought that was pretty cool. So Nookie may or uh, may have improved somebody's life by convincing them they need a dog. <laughs> she's a pretty awesome dog, man. Not she's gonna lie, cool. she's, she's pretty she, cool. <laughs> I'd probably steal her if I had the chance. <laughs> you know, she's um, it's it's so it's so fucking weird how you know how much you love your dogs, you know how much you love something, someone, whatever. But when there's a potential that they're gone, it's like it's such a different ball game. Everything mm. changes in your head and. Then you get that appreciation when they come back. It's like, hey, Nookie's here. And then well, how it, dead your house is when the when your dog's not there. It's as like, humans, we're evolved to uh, be much more sensitive to negative emotion and to loss than mm, than gain. Than what we have, yeah. Like if I was if I was to say you lost fifty dollars versus you found fifty dollars, the loss, generally is, speaking, is much is felt more than the gain. Yeah, interesting. Do you reckon if we felt more possession, they would become more like greedy or like guarding of that? What do you mean? Do you reckon like do you reckon like it's a it's a social thing that we feel the loss more because having when you lose something, you value it more, you become more grateful for it, especially when it comes to relationships. Mm. Where like it's hard to know what you have when you have it because it's just you take it for granted. Yeah, absolutely. That's the that's the yeah, that's, that's the story of humankind, mm. right? That's why they say always give appreciation for what you have, whether it mm-hmm. is that you talk to a higher self or something greater than yourself, or even if it's just positive affirmations to yourself is to constantly remind yourself what you have. Well, I think that's where like where they, you know, when they say like practice gratitude, it's specifically for that because the yeah. human brain is evolved and tends much more towards focusing on what we don't have and on negative thoughts of missing mm. out and things lost, things that yes. we don't have. And if you draw if you almost meditate or draw your focus to what you do have and what you're grateful for, do you know what I mean? You can, you it can brings crazy joy, huh? Mm. Like when I'm in meditation, I think of like an exactly that, like just embrace what you have. And like, just cause when you're in like a meditative state, you're really sensitive to how, what you feel like you can feel the little, doom. it's like, Oh, wow. And like, you think of the thing you have, or like you think of your dog or your son and you get that feeling. It's like, Holy shit. I didn't realize how much, I'm actually feeling because when you're thinking and your eyes are open and you're busy, as you said, Polly, maybe, maybe it had to be that so it can make us be hungry for more to be more dopaminergic and to get out there and to be more goal orientated. Otherwise we're just, this like sloth. It's like, Oh, pretty, pretty happy. Don't mm. need anything. That's interesting. That's probably interesting in dogs as well. That the ones that want to search more and to work harder, they're the ones that you need to practice depending if you want them to live calmly in your house, if they're a working dog, it's a different thing is that you need to practice the, your durational commands and you need to practice the impulse control and your crate training, because especially a working style dog, that's very dopaminergic has to keep going. You need to balance them out with a bit more chill time. I can't imagine living with shadow if he wasn't crate trained. Mm. I don't think it would be possible. He's just always on the go. Yeah. But as soon as I put him in the crate, he calms down. It's mm. a conditioned state. Yes. I could put him in at the top of his arousal and within two minutes he'll Boom. be lying down relaxing. So important. It's awesome. 
Um, what else do I have here? Ensure it doesn't happen again. How can I ensure that? We've already covered it. I'm going to make sure that we do a little bit more focus on there and not let her do too much free roaming and maybe a little bit more, get a bit more creative. And look, I do train with her on the beach, but especially now walking at eight o'clock at night, it's nighttime, but in summer it's during the day and that's a time that I normally walk. So it's easy to train her with a ball um, on the beach when she can see it, but I'm not throwing a ball at nighttime. She's not smart enough to find it properly. Mm. And then I'm spending half the time later looking for a ball. So um, I should, what I'm going to do is maybe a little bit more recall training um, on the beach there with food and also, exactly. And also just keep my eyes open and just don't be an idiot. Um, you know, don't get, don't get live too complacent. Live and learn, man, live and learn. Yeah, we, like, you know, when you get complacent, that's when shit happens with the keep. And especially now, like, you know, we're forced into different times, you know, and we're forced under this sort of pressure and stress because Sydney hasn't gone through this much sort of restrictions before, but it's about how you adapt and how you grow and not just professionally and in business, but also for yourself as well. Otherwise, and humans are known for adapting, you know. So the last one I've got here is have your phone always charged all the time, especially when you're walking out at nighttime, not even dog related. I think as, as we've talked about having a tool, um, your phone's your tool. And with my phone, as soon as it gets to 15%, it's done. It's like you're, you should consider that. Like I know iPhone, like Tanya's 1% lasts for like 45 minutes. Depends how old the phone is as well. Like how old's your phone now? It's an S9. So probably like three years old. Three, three? Mm, two and a half, three years old, yeah. yeah. So every every battery, doesn't matter what it's in, they, they all have a, a life cycle in terms yeah. of charges. And okay. once they pass a certain point, like the health, the overall health of the battery is degraded. So like mm. you go to the, you know, the like the phone shop, it's like 50 bucks and they'll just put a new battery in. It's good, okay. as, good, good as new. I mean, do, do you that. know what I mean? That it takes longer to go down. I've noticed that when I did upgrade to the S9 that it, it did have a shit of battery life compared to the S seven. I think I had, mm. um, but maybe more functions, more things are happening on it. So, um, but yeah, make sure. And especially I never noticed because when I'm driving around, my phone's always plugged into the Android auto on the phone, on the, um, in the car. So it's charging all the time. So my phone is always at a hundred percent, but in the last couple of weeks, not driving so much, my phone is, I'm noticing uh, it going yeah. down. So these little things, right? Like, you know, what if, yeah. what if you got, I don't know, attacked or, or you, broke your leg or, and I've got no battery. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, I have no phone. It's like, you have your phone, it can help you. So just because you have your phone on you doesn't mean you have to use it. But I think anyway, I think things could have been different as well if I had battery. So I hope people learn from um, this story and this experience. Obviously, it didn't make me feel good. Obviously, I felt humiliated that I have to be in a position, I have to like announce that I've lost my dog. It's kind of a shitty feeling, but um you know, it, it is what it is. And, you know, I'm super, super grateful for everyone that shared their support and their love and their concern and and how much Nookie's actually loved. I don't think she really realizes. Um, but um it does make me feel good. And I love all of you out there. Thank you so much. And without you, um, you know, nothing, n- even this podcast doesn't even matter. But we put this out there because you listen to this, if you take one or two things from it and it means that your dog doesn't go lost or whatever, then I'm then I'm happy. Maybe, and we talked about this before, Find your local ranger's number and get that saved in your phone. You never know when you need it, um, especially if you find a dog. What the hell do you do? It's 10 o'clock at night. You want to go home and you've got this someone's dog on your, um, in your property now. And it's unless you want to drive to a 24-hour vet and drop it off, like you have to keep a dog in your house now. So I think that's a handy one too. So that's It's nice to know there's still good people out there who do the right thing 
totally. um, and that karma works. It does work. There's proof. <laughs> um, no, look, I think, look, I'll, I'll do it. There's so many dogs that have stayed in my house for the night until the next day or whatever. And um, it's, but when you have a, like a super cute dog, like Nookie, like it's mm. kind of like, she's pretty novel. damn cute. You know, it's like, it's like a little novelty. It's like, you know, it's like, oh, why not? You know what I mean? So, um, but also it changed a little bit of, this is kind of weird and deep. And I don't mean this like face value, but it changed how I see her because I think, and I haven't like really thought this through properly. So it's going to come out a bit clunky, but I always like respected her and love her, but I always treat her as like, oh, I like the cute little like toy dog. Right. Sure. But she means just as much to me as any other dog. And not that I didn't know that, but I know, know it now. You know what I mean? Um, like, you know, because I had Ace and Spades and Ace, you know, like such a close connection. And now you can see after all these years that my connection with Nookie is, is that strong, even though maybe I didn't really analyze it as much because I kind of took her for granted probably. So um, just like my cat, like now I think about my cat differently. Normally I'm saying, get out of the way, Romy. Romy off, Romy that. <laughs> but then now it's more like, no, no, we have to appreciate what we have and don't get... um. Don't get so caught up in your life and thinking about everything else. Like look at what you actually have because you could be dead tomorrow anyway. And you could have loved and appreciated everything you had, but you always waited for another time. So just do it now. And I think that's my closing message. Wise words to end it on. That's a good note. Thanks, my brother. Thank you, everyone. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next time. We, I think we might even have a guest for, for the people next time. Next week or for the, in two weeks. <laughs> Much love, people. Love you. Bye. See you guys.